And the rest of us, why don't we grab our Bibles today? And uh, boy, what a, what a powerful service it's been today. Amen. My goodness. I whispered to Jonathan, I said, uh, just now, I said, wow, what a service. And uh, <laughs> so, Lord, don't let me screw it up. Uh, <laughs> so, the Lord's been so good. It's so good to see all of you here today. Again, uh, our, our college students that were on break and went to Salt, it's so good to see you again. We just, I love you so much. And um, I really do. Uh, so good to see you. And good to see Bill and Lena Schrader here. They are hero missionaries uh, for Ohio, and they are just fantastic people. Give them a big round of applause as well. It's really good to see them. <clears throat> Praise God. Well, why don't we grab our Bibles and turn to 1 Samuel. That's the same book we were in last week, uh, but this time we're several churches, uh, churches, chapters later. <laughs> Several chapters later, 1 Samuel chapter 30, I want to share a message entitled, Take It Back. Take It Back. I want to open things up by asking, what has the enemy stolen from you? What has the enemy stolen from you? And I believe it's time that we quit allowing him to have what doesn't belong to him. And I believe that we need to take it back. We're going to take a look at a scripture where David and his army were, um, <laughs> they were in a very bad situation and they found themselves having to take back what a physical enemy had stolen from them. Uh, if you're able to, would you stand in honor of the reading of God's word as we look at this together? We're going to start in verse 1. And we're going to go to verse 20. Here's what it says. David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day. Now the Amalekites, they are the enemy, by the way. The Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziklag, and they had attacked Ziklag and burned it. And they had taken captive the women and everyone else in it, both young and old. They killed none of them, but carried them off as they went on their way. When David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives have been captured. <laughs> I read that and I thought, wow, David. Um, <laughs> I mean, I try to be a good husband for one. I don't know. I don't know how you do it for more than one. But, but David's two wives have been captured, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters, but David found strength in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, the son of Ahimelech, bring me the ephod. Abiathar brought it to him, and David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them, he answered. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. 
And David and the 600 men with him came to, to the Besor Valley, where some stayed behind. 200 of them were too exhausted to cross the valley. But David and the other 400 continued the pursuit. They found an Egyptian in a field and brought him to David, and they gave him water to drink and food to eat and part of a cake of pressed figs and two cakes of raisins. He ate and was revived, for he had not eaten any food or drunk any water for three days and three nights. David asked him, who do you belong to? Where do you come from? He said, I'm an Egyptian, the slave of of Amalekite. My master abandoned me when I became ill three days ago. We raided the Negev of the Carathites and some territory belonging to Judah and the Negev of Caleb, and we burned Ziklag. David asked him, can you lead me down to this raiding party? He answered, swear to me before God that you will not kill me or hand me over to my master, and I will take you down to them. He led David down, and there they were, scattered over the countryside, eating, drinking, and reveling because of the great amount of plunder they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from Judah. David fought them from dusk until evening of the next day, and none of them got away, except for 400 young men who rode off on camels and fled. David recovered everything the Amalekites had taken, including his two wives. Nothing was missing, young or old, boy or girl, plunder, or anything else they had taken. David brought everything back. Everybody say everything. And he took all the flocks and herds, and his men drove them ahead of the other livestock, saying this, It's David's plunder. Jesus, I pray that your word would speak to us to take back what the enemy has stolen from us. And God, I pray that we would not act as victims, but God, we would be victors in you. So Lord, let your word speak to us in a powerful way. And we'll thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name, and we all said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Without a doubt, without a doubt, the enemy is still doing what Jesus said he does. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And may I ask you again today, what has been stolen from you in your life? What has the enemy taken from you? Uh, Perhaps it might be similar to what David and his men lost from a physical enemy in verses 1 through 6. For example, maybe there's been a loss of family in your life. Maybe relationships have broken down. Maybe difficulty has come in some relationships and they've been very strained. Maybe a loss of security. Their home base was burned and destroyed. There's nothing more insecure than having your home base absolutely ruined and destroyed by the enemy. Maybe your happiness has been, dis- has been taken. The men had such great sorrow that they grieved until they didn't have the strength to grieve anymore. That's incredible, by the way. Maybe you've lost your joy. Maybe you've lost your happiness. Maybe you've lost your strength today. 200 out of the 600 men didn't have the strength to even cross the field anymore. Maybe the enemy of your soul has sapped your strength and taken away maybe even your desire to go on. 
Maybe friendships have been taken from you. Men whom David thought that he could count on, now they wanted to stone him. That's a bad day. (laughs) And the list can go on and on and on as to what the enemy may have stolen from each person in here. And my goal today is not to depress you. My goal today is not to open up some wound that you've had for quite some time. My goal today is to have you know that you could take back what the enemy has taken from you. We don't have to sit idly by and just be victims anymore. We, can, we don't need to chalk it up as a win for the enemy. Oh, I guess the bad guys get this one. No, I refuse to believe that anymore. I believe that we could take back what the enemy has taken. And so today, I'd like to quickly look at four areas of this scripture, four truths, if you will, that I think might help us to take back what the enemy has stolen. Number one, I want to look at David's power. Look at David's power. Now, verse six is very interesting to me. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and his daughters. But, look at that last sentence. David found strength in the Lord his God. Your power is in nothing else but the Lord your God. That's where your power is. That's where your strength is. It's, quite frankly, I will tell you, it's not in your dazzling personality. I know, that's a letdown to many of us in here. It's not in your charm. It's not in your family. It's not in your friends. It's not even, dare I say, in your pastor. (laughs) It's not in your willpower. It's not even in your own strength. Your strength is in the Lord. Your strength is in the Lord. In the midst of these situations where you know the enemy has taken something from you, you cannot find strength anywhere else but in the Lord your God. Do not settle for a cheap imitation. Do not settle for a substitute. Do not try to find in something or someone else what only God can give you. Your strength comes from the Lord. Can you say amen? Exodus 15, 2 says, The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. Psalm 46, verse 1, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. Can you say amen? amen? David's power, your power, your strength comes from the Lord, your God. Number two, I think it'd be wise for us to take a look at David's partners. Because there's a timeless truth here that we need to know. David says, all right, let's go raid this village and get back our stuff. Get back my two wives. Get back all of our possessions. Still blown away by that. Let's go get it. And then he's got 600 men ready to go. And as they're getting ready to do their thing, 200 of them did not have the strength 
to do it. There's a truth here. That when you're trying to take back what the enemy has stolen, there are some people you will not be able to count on. Now, that is enough for some people to give up. And it shouldn't be. I've found in some of my biggest struggles and some of my biggest difficulties that there are people I thought I could count on, people I thought I could rely on, that I thought, where are you? Or what kind of advice is that? Why'd you get all weird on me? What, what's going on here? And, and the, the truth is, one-third of the people that David thought that he could count on were not able to be counted on. Now, I'm not saying that that fraction and that ratio is there for you today. But what I am saying is that there are times that there will be people that you think will come through for you in this struggle, and they might let you down. Is that enough for you to give up? David did not say, oh, man, I just lost 200 guys. Oh, well, I guess I'll get two more wives. Bye. (laughs) That's not what he said. But sometimes there will be people that we can't count on, and we thought we could. But we need to press on. We need to take back what the enemy has stolen from us. And if that means it's just you and a few other people, that's enough for God. Let me say that again. That is enough for God. So there will be some people that you may not be able to count on. Verses 9 and 10, David and the 600 men with him came to the Besor Valley, where some stayed behind, and 200 of them were too exhausted to cross the valley. But David and the other 400 continued the pursuit. But here's another truth. God may send some people into your path that you would not have expected. (laughs) He loses 200, but then he finds somebody, a servant, who is abandoned by the enemy camp. Again, look at this, starting in verse 11. They found an Egyptian in a field and brought him to David, and they gave him water to drink and food to eat. Part of a cake of pressed figs and two cakes of raisins, he ate and was revived, for he had not eaten any food or drunk any water for three days and three nights. David asked him, who do you belong to? Where do you come from? And he said, I am an Egyptian, the slave of the Amalekite. My master abandoned me when I became ill three days ago. He raided the Negev and the Carathites, some territory belonged to Judah and the Negev and Caleb, and we burned Ziklag. David asked him, can you lead me down to this raiding party? And he answered, swear to me before God that you will not kill me or hand me over to my master. I'll take you down to him. You know what's interesting? God brought somebody who had been wounded himself to help David and his army recover what had been stolen. You might be surprised whom God brings into your path to get back what you've lost. You may be expecting another army. (laughs) You might be expecting another warrior. You might be expecting somebody who's strong and ready to fight. What did David get? David got a servant who hadn't had a bite to eat in three days. He was about ready to die. But that's all that David needed. Don't be surprised when God brings somebody into your path that you would never expect. Might be somebody who's been injured themselves. 
It might be somebody who's hurting. It might be somebody who's been through a lot. It might be somebody who needs a little bit of a, uh, a touch from God themselves. You might be amazed whom God sends into your path. It may be just the person that you need at that time. David's partners, some he could count on, and then there were some surprises along the way. Thirdly today, I not only want to look at David's power and David's partners, but thirdly, I want to take a look at David's process. So what did he do? What did he do? Verses 16 and 17, it shows us something important here. He led David down, and there they were, scattered over the countryside, eating, drinking, and reveling because of the great amount of plunder they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from Judah. David fought them. Look at this. David fought them from dusk until the evening of the next day. And none of them got away except 400 young men who rode off on camels and fled. Would you keep in mind that it took some effort for David and his men to get back what they had lost? It takes work. David didn't say, hey, give me my wives and stuff back. There was a fight that had to start, a serious fight. It lasted for a long time. How many of you know that fighting an entire army is a lot of work? How many of you know that fighting the enemy takes a lot of work? Taking things back from the enemy takes work. It takes a lot of effort. What kind of effort? Effort in prayer. We saw that in verses 7 and 8 as David inquired of the Lord what he should do. Let me just tell you right now. Before you say, I'm going to take back what the enemy stole from me, you better spend some time in prayer. In fact, that'll be the ending of this service today. That you spend some time talking to the Lord, okay, God, what will you have me do to see this take place? It's going to take some work. And part of that is that you've got to pray the price. You've got to seek the Lord. It'll take some work and patience. This battle did not end after five minutes. It went for hours. Some of us, your work is going to have to be in forgiveness and loving somebody. <laughs> Forgiving people can be very exhausting. Amen. Loving people, in spite of their failures and in spite of the way they've hurt you, can be very exhausting. But the effort is worth it. Don't let the fact that this might take some effort keep you from God's best. Let me say that again. Don't let the fact that this might take some effort keep you from God's best in your life. It will take work, but it's well worth it. Finally today, I want to take a look at David's prize. What was the result of all of his efforts? <laughs> My son just said two wives. Well, there you go. the only thing he's going to remember in this entire message. <laughs> so let's try again. 
18 through 20, verses 18 through 20, David got back everything that the enemy, the Amalekites, had taken. Everything. And he rescued his two wives. There you go. Nothing was missing. Small or great, son or daughter, nor anything else that had been taken. David brought everything back. He took all the flocks and the herds, and his men drove them ahead of the other livestock, saying, this is David's plunder. David recovered everything that had been taken. Everything. If the enemy's robbed you of your joy, you can get it back. If the enemy has messed up your family, you can get that back. If the enemy has taken your security away, you can get that back. Everything that the enemy has stolen, Jesus has come to give you life and life more abundantly, the scripture says. Here's God's plan for you. God's plan for you is to recover everything that the enemy of your souls has taken from you. Everything. Everything. Don't settle. Well, I guess I'll just take one wife, thanks. It's not what he did. Everything. His children. His property. Everything. In fact, he got even more because he got all the plunder that have been taken even from other camps. <laughs> I'm reminded that God will do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you could ever ask him to do and think that he can do. That's my God. So my question to you is this. What has the enemy stolen from you? What has he taken from you? It's God's plan for you to take it back. Jonathan, if you could help me. Today, I want you to do what David did before you do anything else. I want you to pray. I want you to inquire of the Lord and say, God, what should I do? For some of you, he might tell you to make a phone call. For some of you, he might tell you to forgive somebody that it's been, been very difficult for you to forgive. For others, it might be a little bit more involved in that. But what would God have you to do today to take back what the enemy has stolen? You don't have to live with loss. No. You can live in victory today. God has come. Jesus has come to give you life and life more abundantly. Take it back. Can you say amen? amen? Stand with me if you would, please. So here's what I want you to do. We're going to create an environment where just the presence of God is very real. I'm going to invite you, if the enemy has robbed you of anything, to pray. And then when you're done praying... Leave this place. Visit the lobby like you were told. <laughs> but then pray throughout the week. And do what God tells you to do. Do what God has told you to do.
Don't act on your emotion. Don't act on what feels right. Act on what the Lord is saying to you. So I'm going to close in prayer. And I'm going to invite you to start this process in prayer. And when you're done and God's released you, we can fellowship with one another in the lobby. But right now, I think the most important person we can speak to is Jesus Christ. Are you ready? Jesus, I'm asking you today that you would help us to take back what the enemy has stolen. And God, this morning, we just need to inquire of you. We need to ask you, God, what would you have us to do? What direction do you want us to take? Whom do you want us to speak to? And God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts today. And then when we go from this place, we continue to pray. And we continue to ask you what you would have. So Lord, meet with your people, I pray. And guide us throughout the rest of this week. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need to pray, feel free to do so at the altar or at your seat. And when God's released you, you can consider yourself dismissed. God bless you.